Good Saturday morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, my as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Lead Arsenal first up to discuss. You know, tough game at Allen Road. I mean, they, they, they took Chelsea scalp there just before Tuchel, you know, got, got sacked. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I just want to also bring this up because, I mean, look, no disrespect. Okay, maybe some disrespect. But I mean, when when you hear like the different media quarters and they were talking about the whole build-up to the game and, and it being like, you know, just a daunting trip to Allen Road and all that stuff. And I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. For me, I was also like really, really concerned. But then, then when you like go back on the track record currently of Leeds, look, of course, we're going to get into the meat and bones of the, all this now. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like this Leeds United team, as much as they, they, they talk a big game, it's like the, like the last win in the Premier League was on the 21st of August. Uh, that, and that was that win that you're not talking about. Though, I mean, as you mentioned also, they do make life difficult. But I think it's almost like the, the, the issue that they've been having. It's like they, they, they can almost like hold you out for about, you know, sometimes 70, 80 minutes. And it's only that final push they almost like they kind of, you know, kind of give in. But look, I mean, everybody knows the Allen uh, Road crowd. You know, they really try to G up the players. Even if the chips are down, they are still, you know, singing non-stop. I mean, they one of the clubs that, you you know, almost you have to tip your head to because of the, you know, just that sort of tenacity that the fan base has. Yeah. And I mean, Arsenal make, of course, seven changes from the squad <clears throat> that beat Bodo Glimp, uh, Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, uh, Gabriel, Shaka, Party, Martinelli and Jesus all returning to the squad. And then, I mean, within the game kicks off over a minute in the referee, then Chris Kavanaugh has to bring a hold to things due to a saving power failure. Uh, what was your thoughts in the beginning? Because, I mean, for me, I mean, I remember just uh, some years back, I think in the 97-98 season, where uh, we played away at Wimbledon. And the Wimbledon, night, yes. Yeah, and the game had to then be postponed to a later date. But, I mean, that was like the closest I got to, and I thought we were going down the same path. <coughs> Yeah, I thought so as well. I didn't remember. I was still messaging you like, you know, it did, it would have kind of not, not ruined the person's weekend, but you know, you you getting there. I don't know. You, you know, like our most listeners, I know. You know, you and I kind of have that like routine to get ready. You sitting in front of the TV, and you know, kind of nothing else matters for that ninety minutes. You know, and and suddenly to get it disrupted like that, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, is that it? I've been waiting all weekend for Arsenal to play. <laughs> And and now like you know the the game is gonna be like, postponed and you feel like you get little, like a little boy almost like disappointed. I mean, what I what I couldn't understand was I was already okay. Look, I know we had to be focused on the match, but I was getting also to a stage in the match, or not in the match, but <clears throat> I was starting to think this is gonna kind of creep in on the time where the Liverpool man City game now and yeah. that as well. But I mean, luckily, I mean it took about almost just over uh, half an hour. And I mean, the match commenced again. And then from the, uh, the restart, it looked like Arsenal almost like caught cold because Sinistera yeah. ends up bursting through the dozy Arsenal midfield and has a shot that he drags badly. But I mean, the dad, uh, Ramsdale worried. Yeah, no, I think, I don't know if that impacted Arsenal somehow, but it's, it's almost like they were, were, were very slow out of the blocks. Yeah. They couldn't find the rhythm that they needed. And I was, I was surprised to see that they, they went with Tommy Asso again, again at left back. Yeah. And I mean, look, uh, eight minutes on, uh, Leeds looking, you know, quite positive uh, going forward. Uh, Koch aims a, a pass at Sinistera, which uh, Ben White manages to get a hit to. 
and divert away. But I mean, for me, what was worrying, uh, sort of ascendancy that that Leeds were building to, and Arsenal couldn't almost like get their feet really in tune with each other because, you know, it was like misplaced passes or uh, almost like overrunning things and whatever. And, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was getting slightly concerned. And I mean, 21st minute, <clears throat> a Leeds corner, as Arsenal flustered in the box, Strike ends up flicking an effort uh, goalwards and the ballers end up like uh, pushed away by Ramsdale. But I mean, a fine save. And I mean, again, I, I noted Leeds looking dangerous. Yeah, and the crowd was also, you know, getting riled up for every shot that went off. They were cheering for every, you know, tackle or misplaced pass. Yeah. And they were just like, like you said, Arsenal players were rattled. And it was <clears> one of few times this season where this Arsenal team looked a bit disjointed. They looked a bit panicked, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, it's almost like you like because of previous seasons, you were waiting for that goal to come in and waiting for Leeds to take the lead because it's like we just couldn't get our foot onto the ball at all. And I think uh-huh. you know what I, I found. I don't know if you saw it as well. That what is that right back of lead? I think it was Christensen or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, you know Martinelli was like was struggling against him actually. Yeah, the end thirty fifth minute catastrophic play by Leeds United talisman Rodrigo. In his own half, he ends up playing a, a booming left-footed, uh, wild, long-range pass to strike, which, uh, of course, Saka ends up fire, you know, intercepting. He ends up getting the ball first, plays a fantastic 1-2 with Martin Odegaard. And, I mean, Odegaard plays a gem of a pass that bisects the whole defence of uh, Leeds United. Saka comes in and, with his swinger, ends up smashing the ball in the roof of the net. one no Arsenal. Yeah, I was surprised he got that angle right there with his weaker foot as well. I, I think he's added a lot to his game. Like, I mean, if, if you just look at um, how he takes defenders on, he's very unpredictable. You know, most left footers cut in on the on the inside, but, you know, he's not afraid to take you with his, with his right foot as well. So, you know, brilliant finish, Wynald to Arsenal. And, you know, I thought from that point we would be able to actually, uh, you know, put our foothold into the game. But just remember, we've been, we were giving probably three or four weeks straight flag because of his, his either like, you know, that, that failure to get that, that final third, you know, that killer pass or whatever. I mean, I think we, he's also kind of proved us also wrong. Was like, even though, he, yes, at times he was frustrated because I mean, you can somehow see he's not fully, you know, like, the, you know, when the body has to recover after a tough away trip or a tough match. Yeah. And then, you know, I have to almost like, uh, you know, uh, start again, reboot the body and go, uh, go again. But I think <clears throat> all the while we've been giving him slack, he's like clocking assists, he's clocking, you know, the, oh. I mean, vital goals. I mean, he's like on a crazy run also with a, with a goal tally right now. But, I mean, you just know, you just wonder if he's like, I think you mentioned it, I think, a few weeks back. Now, just imagine you get Saka in this sort of form and, and he's still... Uh, you know, already on that, that, that the red art form, you know, that we know that he's capable of. Yeah. <clears throat> then, uh, 44th minute, uh, Tom Yasu, who, I mean, again, something that you mentioned, he, he looked really out of sorts, in the, especially in this type of game, I think, because I don't think he had now somebody that was like, say, of, of Mo Salah's caliber now. Now he had to come up against, um, who was it the one on the, on the, I know Harrison played, I think, most of the time on the left, but there was one that he was, Always having issues with uh, was it Rodrigo or, or 
Oh, yeah, 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 the American kid, yeah, yeah. He was also slipping and sliding down the fence. And every time I think Tommy has got, you know, a ball check when, when they, they, they do that Ronaldo type chop, and he gets totally put out of, you know, uh, sort of position. And also letting the guys, <clears throat> you know, do overlap runs past him. And, you know, why I felt concerned because I don't think Martinelli was also. Uh, doing his job, almost like doing a sort of protection job on 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 Tommy Yasso. and then he had left Tommy Yasso exposed in every time in two or three v one situations. Yeah, I know it, it, it was a bit uh, <laughs> nerve wracking, and you, you you could see he was he was struggling. When I still messaged you, I think at half time to tell you like, yeah, you know, yeah. this is Tommy, like he's like you said, it was a different kind of play you had up against. You know, Mosala keeps you on your toes all the time, and if you can close Mosala up, you know, you know he's gonna cut in on his left foot. So I don't think you know the it, it would work out as well for Ateta. I think, like you said, you know, we went into the break yeah. one or up at at, at half time, and you know, I felt we needed one more goal just to kind of give you that breathing room, and you can say, okay, you know, again, because Leeds did there was it some that, 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 an easy feeling I felt at one 0 even going in at half time. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> we go. We start the second half. Uh, Leeds, of course, made immediate change at halftime. Rodrigo getting uh, poor hold of and Patrick Bamford coming on for them. Uh, then, 47th minute, Bamford nets the uh, you know nets into the Arsenal net, but the ballers, uh, well, the players are judged to have nudged uh, Gabriel in the back before he finished. So I mean, uh, again, a warning for Arsenal. Yeah, the alarm bells didn't go off at that point, you know, because Bamford came on and added a lot. So the, the alarm bells would have been like, okay, guys, you know, we need to just kind of tape Bamford up a bit because, you know, we were very lucky at that. It was a foul. You could see Najim in the back, but, you know, it, it could have also been on another day, not a foul. So, you know, it was, it was a very nervy moment. Yeah, then there was also a moment in the 53rd minute where Saliba was again too casual on the ball. He ends up getting dispossessed. And I mean, Bamfield ends up, you know, careering into the Arsenal box. First time he ends up smashing the ball into Ramsdale, who blocks the ball with his crotch. And at the, at the second attempt, he imagine he recovers the ball to, uh, you know, at the second attempt when it rebounded back. Yeah, I, I know you normally say uh, Ramsdale sometimes with his with his dark horse, but I think he really got injured with that one. Yeah, really. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I first thought it was. Maybe a bit he's winded, but I mean to do a bit of the dark arts to get the you know the sting out of the Leeds team. But I mean when I saw the save he made, I mean a fantastic one at that. But I mean with the crotch, it was a bit funny. I mean if it's not happening to you, um, then 55th minute again lapse in concentration by Ben White. Uh, this time allowing Bamford onside. The strike of course can't get his shot away because he ends up getting pressured by the centre backs. But again Arsenal are just. It's almost like um, it's almost like I'm just going to jump a bit ahead with with regards to some comments Ramsdale made at the end of the match, where he said Arsenal as a as individuals were poor like up to then, and he said as, as a team they were defending like their lives depended on it. So it's almost like yes there were uh, negatives, but I mean the positive showed as a unit, as a collective they actually defended excellent. If you actually watch, uh, you know. I'm not saying you rewatch the game because I mean it was a, 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 a slip to be honest, and I mean it, it was for me. I don't know how you felt. I mean there's all certain other factors we have to bring into here, you know, like leading up to the end of the game. But I mean for me it was almost like going to do a workout or something, and 
your muscles are tense and every time that the uh, leads are coming to attack and, and in and around our box for me it was I know you said before the game, you know, sometimes your stomach feels like it's churning. Now, but here from the hour mark, I saw this feeling like that because I'm thinking, look, we can't lose this now. You know, like, mess up now. Yeah, no, I, I felt that. And, and, and you could see leads were coming and coming. Yeah. And the crowd was on our back. There was a time I couldn't sit still. Like, I couldn't sit. I had to walk and stand and watch because I just couldn't because... I was, like I, was, I was waiting for a goal to happen. I was waiting for us to concede because yeah. I've seen it time and time again as an Arsenal fan. This is the type of game, you know, where Arsenal score maybe first, but they, they just collapse, you know, once that first goal goes in because I felt that if Leeds score, they will score another. Yeah. And in the 60th minute, Saliba ends up handling across from Leeds United after a VAR check penalty is given. And I mean, I am like, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm sweating bullets, but I mean, I had a, a damp for it and my palms and my hands were wet. Because I mean, by the time now Bamford ends up stepping up, I'm thinking, because yeah. I mean, was, uh, we, I think we talked about it the other day, but look, we haven't seen Ramsdale really pull off a save yet for Arsenal in a, in a penalty uh, yeah. situation. But I mean, Bamford then ends up stepping up and he ends up, I think he kind of outsides himself because the minute he sees um, <clears throat> Ramsdale going to the direction he wants to place the ball, he if you ever watch over it again, he actually kinks his foot a little bit more, you know, because he's thinking, I'm going to try to push it a bit further from Ramsdale, and he ends up just dragging it totally wide of the post, and, uh, you know, a close call for Arsenal again. Very lucky, very lucky, and, you know, when he missed that penalty, I thought, okay, this might swing Arsenal into into overdrive, and kind of, you know, knock the stuffing out of... Um... Uh, Leeds. I thought that like you know this is the, the the tipping point in the game, but you know boy was I wrong. And then I mean 66 minutes and there's another point that doesn't jot it down. Also, I mean Leeds all over Arsenal, no? and, and I mean Arsenal strikers and midfielders were poor. But uh, you know the point that I made earlier, as a squad, the unit defensively were you know just managing to hold Leeds at bay. And I mean just um, then 70th minute again Bamford forcing Ramsdale into a save. You know almost like heating his hands up. With a power shot. Then 73rd minute, I think Arteta kind of had enough of what he now saw. Because, uh, I mean, I think Odegaard was just kind of drifting off in the game and, and you know, being less uh, of an influence in the game. Vieira gets brought on. <clears throat> then 76th minute, Tierney uh, uh, comes on for Ben White. Of course, it's a total tactical change because Tommy also goes from left back to right back and Tierney, you know, being on natural left back. And then 82nd minute, Holding came on, uh, Saka came off, Nketiah came on, Jesus came off. And then, of course, I thought now, you know, that sort of tactic would now, you know, really shut up shop. But, I mean, still, leads were coming and getting chances because 89th minute, substitute Somerville ends up blasting the ball over. Oh. With, with, I mean, honestly, I don't know how he gets his bearings wrong because I think all he had to do was just keep the shot low. That's it. I yeah. just if it was down to, you know, Gabriel closing in on him and him panicking. And he just he was like kind of choking your shot. And that was, I'll tell you that, that shot, I, I, I was looking for the net to bulge because, yeah. you know, that was that moment where, you know, you concede so late on. And, you know, I just felt sick to my stomach. And that, like, even, you know, that, when, like you said, that from that last, like, minutes, like, even that five minutes on, and then the rim adds the stoppage time, and then my stomach just starts turning. Because it was like, what, six minutes or something like that? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, you know, yeah, we're going to concede because I was like, we couldn't keep the ball. 
Nketiah, you know, wasn't like he was trying to go for some glory more than anything else when he was getting the ball up front. And I'm thinking to myself, I oh, know this is it for us. Then 90 plus three. Uh. Gabriel, all his verses, he's shadowing the ball towards Ramsdale. Ramsdale makes the save. And Bamford ends up, you know, barging into Gabriel. And I thought, you know, that was it, you know, just yes. with at that. And Gabriel ends up doing a, what Vieira did at Old Trafford the time with Van Nassau. He ends up aiming an upward kick. I mean, like, he doesn't really touch uh, Bamford. But, I mean, Bamford ends up going down like a sack of potatoes. And the ref goes to his uh, uh, linesman. And uh, the linesman then, you know, tells him it's like a penalty and a red card, which the official, uh, then Kavanaugh, Chris Kavanaugh gives. But, I mean, all, <clears throat> props also to Ghana Jaka. He kind of kept himself... Very calm, very cool about the whole situation. I mean, of course, I saw some of the Arsenal players also had to take Gabriel because he was almost like running way too hot for even my liking. And I mean, uh, by the time Kavanaugh gets told to, you know, just have another look at it in the on, on the VAR monitor, it's in, uh, given as a foul to Arsenal since Bamford barged into uh, Gabriel. But I mean, that sort of petulance of, of Gabriel needs to really come to an end, honestly. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's... I mean, you know, we've been discussing it um, week in, week out, week in, week out. If you look at the goals we've conceded, a lot has, has, has come from him. And I mean, I'm not saying that he's, he's, you know, he's a bad player or anything like that. But I mean, you know, it starts like that. And, and look at that. In, imagine, you know, I'm always, you know, against VAR. I'm not against yeah, like you know, but this was, you know, how many times, and I'm not, like, I'm not trying to say this, he's like a title race and things like that. But, how many times in, in a title race or like an important thing, you know, Arsenal do something, you know, the moment of petulance and the game swings on its head. And, you know, that, that could have been a moment where Arsenal kind of, you know, throw points away when they yeah. had in their hand just because a player just couldn't keep his head. I mean, you got barge in the back, you got the free kick, take it, boot the ball upfield and that's it. You know, there was no need for that kick out. And for me, you know, if, if you're gonna get wound up like, like just laugh it off because I mean you're in a better situation than your opponent right now. You you know, on the you like you cruise into three points and then you wanna throw it all away just through you now want, you know, to have a, a revengeful or a vengeful moment. Yeah, I know. I I know a lot of people at there was a point where people were saying, you know, maybe Gabriel should be captain. You know, I don't think uh you know, that's a, at this point, I think I should just put more pressure on the play in general. And, you know, I hope he got it talking to about yeah. it uh, after the game to say, like, you know, you can't you can't do that. I mean, another ref on another day, you yeah. know, might have, would have stuck with the decision and said, no, that's a penalty because of, you know, kicking out or you could have gotten a red card and, you know, he misses the next game. So, you know, something Arteta has to think about. Yeah, so we're moving our attention to uh, Thursday evening's match, Arsenal versus PSV Eindhoven. Uh, yes, a big clash at the Emirates, you know, playing up the playing the catch-up game against Ruben Nassoro and his PSV side, you know, flying high, no, no pun intended, in the Eredivisie. I mean, they have a really free-scoring side, 46 goals in 14 matches, scary stuff. Yeah, no, um, I was a bit, actually, you know, worried about this game, like, you know, uh, I didn't like say it too much, like, but yeah. I mean, they, they are a, a good side, and it was, it, it's very rare, some like in the Europa League. Just wait, the sorry, you just interrupt you. But Aiden, you do 
you do end up worried with every match, whether it's a good season or a bad season. You do get worried 24 and 48 hours before every match. Yeah, I know. I, I think, but I, I think with PSV because you, you know, you hopefully you don't normally get yeah, yeah. a side of that quality in your group stage. I mean, I think you hopefully kind of getting you know that, that bit extra stronger that, that, that's happening, more competitive, I should say. But yeah, I think um, you know I was wondering how Arsenal were going to approach that game, and I think you could see the importance to Mikel Arteta. You know, with his likes of Gabriel Jesus starting, it was Granit Xhaka. You know, still keeping his place, and Gabriel even, you know, starting at centre back. Yeah, I mean, there was like about six changes that were made. Uh, you know, from the t- last team that played, was Turner coming in, Tierney holding Lakonga, Vieira, and Ketia. Um, You know, PSV get the game underway. Fourth minute, all Arsenal. You know, in in the gameplay, because for some reason, I mean, I don't ask me why really, but I mean, what I didn't understand was. If you got what 46 goals in 14 matches, and you almost like full on, you pull on a full Spursy performance where you just sitting and waiting. And I mean, for me, it, it seemed very, very unlike uh, PSV Idol. I think it says a lot to Arsenal at this point. It's a feather in Arsenal's cap at this point. I, I was thinking exactly of what you were saying, you know, this is the side we're just kind of trying to, you know, soak up the pressure against <laughs> us. But it just shows how dangerous Arsenal are at the moment that. You know, a team that's flying high in 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 the Eredivisie mm-hmm. as as shown this much respect to Arsenal. Yeah. Then eleven minute good cross by Saka to Nketiah ends up teeing up Kieran Tierney, but the uh, Scotsman just blazes the ball into the stands. Yeah, I, 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 it was either gonna go one way because he always hits a shot like that. It sometimes it goes in. Or, you know, find itself in Rosehead. But I think Arsenal were really piling on the pressure. And, you know, that like that that nervous feeling that I got was, was starting to fade away as we like, were taking control of this game. In 24th minute, I mean, uh, one of the stats that actually popped up was up to the 24th minute also, PSV not able to pose one shot at goal, which is also like very unlike them. Um, then 45th minute, again, very wasteful by Arsenal. But I mean, it was also... Chances that you thought, because I still remember you messaged me at halftime and were telling me, you know, we should have at least been somehow out of sight in this game because, I mean, we almost like making this game even tighter than it should be. Yeah, no, and, and, and I was just thinking, because of that Gakpo, how everybody was, you know, talking about him, and I was thinking to myself, you know, all you need is probably one chance and this game could be on his head. But, I mean, also massive, massive props to... To Tommy Yasuo because yeah. it was almost like a sort of performance that, that he put out against Liverpool and to keep Salah quiet because all Gakpo was doing at times was either running the ball out of play, uh, giving up on the run as as Tommy Yasuo just shadows the ball out into touch, and he was never really tra- you know able to get goal side of of um, Tommy Yasuo or beyond Tommy Yasuo like you know when the, when because look they were also trying the long uh, long ball routine which is. Again, something that seems very unlikely to the way PSV play, but they also tried everything to get Gakpo into play. And I mean, we were just isolating him more and more, and he became like a lesser effect because I think it came down more to something like Xavi Simons, especially now when we go move on to the second half, where he was not somehow starting to break the, the, the Arsenal defensive lines, but they always had something to drop back to catch up to him. Yeah, yeah, no, he was like a Xavi Simons, he was actually. 
you know, a, a very, like, he was a quite a dangerous player. And, like, he reminded me of a guy that, you know, would score past Arsenal, like, you know, over the years, or, or like a counter attack or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, so he, I mean, he makes those late runs into the box. But, you know, Arsenal were making some good play. I mean, Gabriel yeah. Jesus, you know, can show what he could, could, could add with that quick turn of pace, what we've been missing up front. But it's like we just couldn't seem to find that ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I also noted down, I mean, when we saw the second half, I was really thinking somebody like Vieira was going to be influential in this game and, and Lokonga would make us more, like, you know, stiffen up the... The holding mid area, but I mean, for me, Vieira wasn't doing, you know, some of his creativity. I, I, I mean, I think it's also based on that guy, um, what's his name, Navarro or something like that. That, that guy yeah. that was all that kind of blocking the sort of path pathways to to uh, to uh, to uh, the PSV goal, you know, for for uh, Vieira. So I think he was having issue with that. And then of course, for me, Lacongo was reminding me somewhat. I mean, I don't know how the listeners or you find also, but. I found he was almost playing like a sort of performance like El Nini in the past, where he was just giving like little sideways passes. And when we have it, the sentences to go forward, he'd like almost like check the ball back and then play a back pass. And I'm thinking, dude, you're really going goalwards to your opponent. Keep on driving the team forward because I mean, you could clearly see that PSV weren't liking, uh, you know, having to face face a barrage of Arsenal players coming. Because look, at times in the in the I think in the defensive mode, PSV were playing that uh, two banks of four, so they were kind of you know, trying to make a, you know, stiffen up that sort of barrier to break through the lines. And they're also not giving, as I said, Vieira that space in between the two banks that, that some people like Odegaard or Smith Rowe try to exploit. I mean, other times he normally does exploit that Vieira. But, I mean, this time it seems, I don't know, maybe because that, that guy was constantly tracking him on the pitch. Yeah, you know, he, he seemed like a peripheral figure in, 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 in this game. And Lekonga, for me, I don't know if, if the guy maybe needs to to go on loan or something like that to just get some more game time on this belt because, you know, for me personally, I know maybe some listeners' opinion but I just don't think, you know, he's the, the, the answer if, if, like, a party gets injured or something like that. I mean, I just think, I mean, look, you can't see that he's a footballer in there. I mean, you remember when when, when he had to help out the squad when, when we were, you know, down on, on like, both party out and chuck out and then he had to, like, you know, step in. But I just think there's also a point where he has also, it's actually one of those talks that, that in that all or nothing where uh, Ken Ketia told him, you know, you stop moaning such a lot. You must yeah. and to also, you know, buckle down and, and, and do the job. And then even if you don't like it, then I mean, sometimes it can be unfair. I'm not going to, you know, say he's wrong in that sense uh, with Lokonga. But I mean, he needs to also show that, look, I am good enough to, to take over the sort, sort of uh, opportunities. But... For me, it seems he lets these sort of moments like slip through his fingers. No, it, it, it is. And, uh, and, you know, it's funny you mention that because whenever I see Lekonga play and, like, you know, not coming on giving him a good account of himself, I think of that yeah. moment where he was complaining and Ketia, like, kind of tells him, you know, why are you moaning, you know? <laughs> you get a chance to, like, step up. Yeah. But, I mean, like, for me, up to then, like, we were already, you know, close to the, the hour mark. But, I mean, for me... Nikita with no real cutting edge to his game. Jesus was, even like for me personally, trying at times too hard. And I think it was, it was also causing the issue with him finishing chances because I think he was you know, like working himself too much up to, to you know, break the line and then actually score. Uh, then Saka ended up in the 52nd minute firing straight at the keeper Benitez. 
on the hour mark, uh, Gakpo and Simons, you know, chasing Arsenal, um, also not causing Arsenal some problems finally. While Gutierrez, you know, was marshalling the midfield to keep so that the PSV keep their shape. Because I think Arsenal were trying to, you know, with their little intricate passes to get them all out of position, you know, before they, they apply the killer, uh, killer touch. But in 67 minute Arsenal, I think, I think Arteta also probably had enough. Thomas Party ends up coming on, Lakonga coming off, Odegaard comes on, Vieira comes off. And I mean, all of a sudden, I think with that substitution, the match also like livened up because it was almost like running into a sort of sleep zone where it was getting kind of boring or tedious, actually. Yeah. I mean, the game became actually more exciting, more open as well. Then on the 70th minute mark, Tommy Yasuo, fantastic cross. I mean, I think everybody was waiting for the, the ball more played in along the six-yard box. But he ends up playing a cute little pass in the penalty spot, and there's Xhaka standing, no player on him, and he just half volleys the ball past the keeper, one or Arsenal. Yeah, it was with his right foot, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yes, eh? he's sweet. Yeah, what a volley. I mean, he's, he's really, you know, becoming one of, like, I don't know, when we signed him, I, I was happy about the player, but there was a point, you know, where his just Arsenal career just seemed like it was going nowhere, and, you know, he's props to, big ups to Arteta and to him as well, you know, his professionalism. Ways, I mean, you know, coming to the season, the season found a new position, and he's he's assisting and scoring goals like crazy. You know what? What we now look at that Jaka and, and his career that now, like we take this the last two three years maybe. It's like you've you've watched him. You know, when you have a sort of dog that's training on the leash the whole time, like the years before, and now it's like I think this is it. Like, let me click off this leash and just just you go out and you do your thing. And now yeah. he's got no real defensive responsibilities. He actually now judges when he has to track back or help out. And, and I mean, of course, he has a bit of that sort of knowledge already in him, ingrained in him. So you don't see him now doing that. That you know, like he just gets all reckless going forward, but he's not thinking of def- his defensive duties as like being a holding mid. But now he's actually given almost like a sort of central attack midfielder role. I mean, of course, he still knows he must do his job sometimes track back. But, I mean, now you can see the sort of spaces he opens up. I mean, he doesn't need to run. And, I mean, when I watch, I mean, I haven't mentioned it to you yet. And I mean, you're going to be the first now. We hear it now, first time, same as the listeners. But when I watch him, it reminds me of Stefan Effenberg. I don't know if anybody remembers him, like the listeners. But he was a, a midfielder. when Look, he was like, like a, when he played for Dortmund and that, he was almost like a bomber down the, the midfield and that. But then it was almost like the older he got, he started Dropping, dropping, dropping. And he became almost like a sort of central midfielder, not the holding midfielder, a central midfielder. But he didn't need to run a lot, but his passing was on point. He also knew when to make the sort of runs to get in and around the box to to apply finishing. But I mean, just that, he sort of, like he already comes with a reputation. Now all of a sudden you think, okay, Xhaka, whatever is dangerous, we need to you know bring in maybe a second play to close him down, else he's going to have. So he's got a whole array of passing to his game. You know, closing down, and that also just that drawing and one or two players more onto him just opens up everything else to the others on the field. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. Yeah, like I agree with you there, and I think, you know, I think maybe that's also a reason why we we've been getting more opportunities, scoring more goals this yeah. season, is because you you have a you know not only with Jesus now, you know, more potent striker and somebody that also you know opens up spaces, but it's like you know as a as a the opposition. You know, who do you mark, you know? Do you, yeah. do you let... I mean, you, before you could probably leave a player off Shaka, but now you have an extra man 
<laughs> thrown into the mix now with the Odegaard or whoever. So it kind of makes life a bit more trickier for 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 um, for players. So you yes. know, good to see Xhaka taking ownership now and, and and kind of you know we always said like yeah he, he's always playing so well for Switzerland. And I think maybe you know I did to analyze you know maybe why he's playing so well for Switzerland and yes. you know kind of um, utilize Xhaka then correctly. Yeah, I fully agree with that because I mean I just think you know you're seeing almost like for me probably the best point in his career in England and I mean I don't know who knows even the best time in his club career in general. Um, then 76 minute Arsenal make the double substitution, Martinelli and Ben White coming on for Jesus and Tommy respectively. Uh, 79th minute Martinelli gets a big chance, ends up with a powerful drive which the keeper uh, Benitez you know just manages to palm away. I actually thought we were gonna you know finish them off right there and then. Then 82nd minute, a uh, big chance to PSV. Tete ends up receiving the ball, freeing Sangare with a pass. But I mean, Sangare ends up with the pass, but you know, almost like a bit more meat on it, and it just floats past Luke De Jong. Uh, I, I must say that um, PSV's goalkeeper, you know, did make have quite a good game because there was some good saves he was making to keep him into the game. But you know. I was actually one guy that really caught my half PSV. I mean, I know everybody was on about, you know, Gakpo leading after the game, myself included. But for me, that Sangari guy reminds me of somebody that could really fill in, you know, alongside somebody like uh, Thomas Party, even, or, you know, as a, if, if, you know, as a backup to Thomas Party, like an actual a midfielder that has that string that, that you know, you're going to bounce off him and type of thing. Because, I mean, look, he's got... You string was crazy at point at certain points in that game also. I mean, I think I just remember one thing where he was trying to get the ball off Granit Xhaka, and I think Xhaka just was like, you know, nudged him off the ball. Where he actually fell on his backside. But I mean, other than that, he seemed like a sort of, uh, you know, mid that we would be, you know, having an eye on. Yeah, it would be a good. I think he's, he's maybe a better option than the Douglas Louise. Yeah, that we wanted to sign. So. Yeah, I know. It would be a good player to keep our eyes on and maybe, yeah. you know, even depending on how it goes, even in January, because, you know, my biggest fear is is if, if, if the likes of um, Party or Xhaka at the moment, you know, go down and hold something because, you know, we don't really have, like, I mean, Lekonga, you know, like you said, did the job for us, you know, last season. And, yeah. But, I mean, this season... You know, I, I don't want to like, like, like put pressure on it, but like, it just feels like there's more at stake at them. I wonder that top four, that top four challenge is there. You know, there they is still, um, you know, teams is there and there about. You know, all it takes is two bad games and, and suddenly, you know, you get pulled into the mix of something. So for me, it's like Arsenal need to sort out that Thomas party at all. And I think, you know, whether that guy from PSV could be the guy that, you know, either can work with him in some tough away games or even be his understudy, you know, in case he picks yeah. up a knock, because Thomas Part is not someone that, you know, touch wood maybe he does, but he doesn't, it's not somebody that's going to give you, you know, that full almost 50 games a season that you can count on him. Because I mean, my personal take was with regards to, to Lokonga, I mean, I don't even make him now just like a total scapegoat, but I'm not just thinking, you know, the same way, or, or the same reason that got Arsenal to buy you, put, put out that sort of performance, to show us yeah. that actual thing, because, I find he's, I don't know, maybe it's the way Arteta is playing him, but for me, it's still like he's playing within himself where, 
maybe I think he's off the maybe also off the sort of position like Zaka that he's now. Yes, off. yes, yes. I, I, you know, you actually hit the nail on the head. You read my mind because I remember you told me during preseason um, Lukonga was playing a more advanced role. So you know, maybe maybe Lukonga should be the guy that's the backup to a Zaka, yeah. and then you get in a guy who's going to be a backup to Party as well, who's going to you know. Who, who can do the job if Party's going to be out for five to six games. You know, that guy yeah. can play the drill and even keep Party out the side for a bit. And same with maybe Lakonga. Maybe he's the guy that if Xhaka picks up a knock or a red card or whatever, Lakonga can play the drill and keep maybe Xhaka out for like two or three games extra. You know, yeah. maybe like you said, he's, he's just being used in the wrong position because we don't have an altern- alternative for Party at this point in time. Yeah. So, uh, back to the game. 85th minute, Nelson comes off, Saka... Uh, yeah, Saka ends up coming off. I think he should have actually come off a bit earlier because there were some needless tackles also on Saka. And I don't think we needed to really, you know, risk him in that sense. Uh, then 88 minute, Tien and Odegaard booked the same time as they both foul and hold down uh, Chavi Simons. Uh, then, I mean, like we just wind ourselves down to the end of the match. I mean, I think PSV also kind of gave up the ghost there close to the, last, the end of the match. But I'm going to also hang on to the three points and, you know, pull five points clear of PSV in the group next week. We're off to the Phillips Stadium. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, is, is, is Arteta going to finish the job there? Yeah. Or is he going to kind of, you know, go with a more rotated squad with, with, with you know, a lot at stake? Um You know, with, with the, the game coming in the Premier League, because, I mean, you know, I think... Qualifications are almost sorted, but do you think you know he, he rests our guys, you know, for for the following game, or do you think he, he kind of goes in and and you know goes full strength? Or not full strength, but like you know, similar side that he went to on Thursday night. Well, even now the three versus the Southampton game now coming up. Yeah, wait, okay, I'll, I'll go back there to when we go to the the the. Oh, no, 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 because I just wanted to bring it up because I mean we can go straight into. Um, you know, the preview to the, the game at the Phillips Stadium. I mean, I've got no problem because I just chalk it in, but I just don't know. know. Yeah. The, the approach with the Phillips Stadium. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm looking at the Phillips Stadium, yes. I, look, the thing is, we could go even like as strong into that that game at the Phillips Stadium because I just think, look, PSV, uh, I think we're going to see a total different side of PSV. I don't yeah. see them sit that deep because, I mean, they're going to have another partisan crowd. They're going to have, I mean, I think they now, you know, they know the, the pitch, they know the stadium and the, the fan base and that. And I also think, like, with regards to Arsenal, we could go that that strong into that game because I think they know also nothing for us. Look, let's face it, I mean, I always get when people say, yeah, with a no disrespect, but I mean, look, nothing for us have been poor. I mean, yeah, they've been poor. They've they been very been poor. Because, I mean, I think that they, they almost like, Played themselves out the first three or four games when they were looking kind of sharp in the beginning, but now it's like everything is now counting against them. They, I mean, of course, Steve Cooper got now a contract extension, but I mean, there's still this cloud hanging over. Them. And I mean, they made some like 21 signings that, that haven't really gelled with the team. I mean, it's a risk that Nottingham Forest took, and they actually the owner was pushing for all this stuff because the coach didn't really want you know 21 signings, he wanted just some like five or six solid signings, but they went kind of overboard, you know, with a, a sort of panic. But that being said, just to yeah, up to the PSV game, I think we could see a, a strong 
uh, Arsenal squad there. I just think once that job is done, we've got like a home game against Zurich and, and, and whatever. Because I think Arsenal would really just like to, you know, because like, I think we even need just a point to go through anyway. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think. do whatever. But I mean, I don't know, maybe they try to finish the job off and like, you know, put PSV to the sword. Knowing PSV will come out and I mean, Arsenal will play maybe approach it they did against Liverpool at, at the Emirates now. Do something like that where they almost like always just nudge their, their nose in front to get ahead of PSV in a game. Like that. I mean, I don't know what, what's your take on this. No, I, I think, you know, that's probably the best option. I think, uh, I, uh, you know, um, I'm not jumping too far ahead, but I think Asus would maybe pick up a yellow card so you can sit the Nottingham Forest game out and he can, you know, give it his all in a in a game against PSV where, you know, all you need is even a point and, you know, you've secured top spot. You kind of avoid, inverted commas, the Champions League team, which, you know, yeah. surprisingly, um, I feel confident that Arsenal are up there to compete with the Champions League club, you know, with the way they're playing in the season. So, you know, for me, I think get, get business done. Um, and, you know, just so that Zurich doesn't become a potential banana peel. So, just go out there, get the points, play your game. And, you know, like you said, uh, they're after Nottingham Forest, which we won't go too much detail in, who aside, who can't seem to buy a win at the moment. Yeah. So we move our attention now, finally, to Southampton versus Arsenal, which is another game taking place tomorrow. Um, for me, you know, the trip to St. Mary's, it seems, in, in these, like, modern times now, it can be almost, like, pretty tricky. Because, I mean, yeah. it really goes out of the window when you play Southampton there. And I mean, if you take the last uh, three matches in, in uh, league and cup, we've now had like two losses and one win over there. Um, for me, like the Saints have like four injuries because I think the, 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 the serious one for them at the moment is Kyle Walker-Peters because he's uh, out injured. And I think, I'm not sure if they, one of their backups also picked up a knock. And it's now almost like they are worried that, that one of the academy players will have to step in at right back for that match. Unless they're going to somehow... Uh, you know, mix, mix and match, match the team. And I mean, the other uh, key injuries that they have now is Bella Kochap, who's like in the heart of the defence, who's been a, like, almost like a revelation in defence for them. And then that Lavia, who's almost like a really headache from what I've seen when, when they've been playing teams the season. Because he almost like pulled all the strings in midfield for them. And then, I mean, I think they one of the other big misses also, Livramento. And I think he's now out, I think, till I think next year sometime. So, and I mean, our only long-term injuries really is, is Smith Rowe and Aldini. And I mean, for me, Zinchenko, there's still nothing clear given by Arteta or the club regarding his fitness. I mean, they just said it's something to do with his cough, but they haven't heard anything, you know, further with regards to that. Because I would like, you know, no matter what happens, like so with especially Zinchenko, I still think I would really like him fully, fully fit when you have to play Chelsea. I mean, I know we say we're not going too far down the line, but I mean. The, the sort of form that he brings, I mean, look, you might not contribute for a full 90, he probably is good for maybe an hour, but I mean, just that, 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 that way of playing and his way of thinking, it causes also, I mean, you've not seen yourself, any game that he's played so far, he causes total chaos when the minute he starts drifting himself in and, and we almost like we switch to a, while the game is still in play, we, we switch to a back three and he starts filling up the midfield positions. Yeah, he kind of gives that Xhaka also that bit of extra freedom to roam also. You know, he almost like sticks to, to party. And, you know, who knows, maybe with a Zinchenko playing a bit and, and, and you can throw a, a Lekonga in, like, 
with a partner, then maybe he could add that bit of experience and, 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 and you know, um, guide Lekonga as well while he plays. So, so yeah, I do think, you know, Zinchenko would be good to have back. And that being said, you know, Tierney actually gets a, a go at left back now this game with Zinchenko not being fully fit, you know, not trying to push Tomiyasu on the left again. So I think Tierney also needs maybe a few games just to, you know, get that form back as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, with regards to, to um, Southampton now, I mean, the top scorer is Che Adams. He's, like, got three. Our top scorer is uh, Jesus, still with five. And then, I mean, in the assist category, that Romain Perro, he's got, like, two for them. And our top assist guy is uh, Kayasaka with four. So, I mean, I think, for me, the one guy that's always been a danger ever since we played Southampton is always Ward Prowse. So, I think... Yeah. Should, I mean, I'm sure Arsenal also probably, uh, you know, you know, did more specialized training with regards to how Ramsdale will have to deal with some of the wicked corners that he can take. You know, what also links to mind, I don't even remember when under Emery, when Arsenal were on that, you know, unbeaten run. What, what was that run again? What is it, like over 20 games. Yeah, something like that. And then we, we came to Southampton and they beat us 3-2. So yeah. I think it was a Danny Ings hat trick or something, but I mean he's not there anymore. But you know, so Hampton, like you said, have been a tricky side. I haven't really watched much of the games this season, to be honest with you, because of you know focus on, on other games. Like Southampton really haven't played. Have they played like big teams at the moment? This is could be their first um, game against. Uh, I could be wrong. I think they played against um, Tottenham, but I didn't watch that game. But um, you know, Arsenal need to need to win. Like you know, I was saying, the season we need to better our results. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we can we can get the three points. I think Man City play today against Brighton. Um, they probably you know will get the points there because they're probably going to be a very angry Man City sides because they lost. I, I find Brighton also have lost that edge since Potter left. Yeah, because I I was expecting better performance of them when they played. Was it last Tottenham or somebody? Or Man United? Yes, Tottenham, yes. And they kind of looked like they totally lost that sort of danger into the air. Because, I mean, look, Trossard wasn't even in, in, uh, as influential as he was, like, in the start of the season. Um, and the other thing I also wanted to bring up was, oh, yeah, and the, the key win for Southampton so far this season, they beat Chelsea at the stadium at St Mary's early on in the season. So, I mean, you never know. As I said, you can't take them too lightly because... Hasenutl always knows how to throw spanning the works for, for especially a club like Arsenal. Um, then also just want to bring up a point also with Jesus and Saliba. They're now both teetering on one game suspension because both now on yellow card, one, uh, four yellow cards each. So, I mean, what would your approach be? Yeah, what I know this is... Uh, might not listen to not one thing. It's unethical or things like that. But I think, you know, if it's a game and, you know, there's no such thing as a free in the Premier League, but... Next week, we play at the Emirates against Nottingham Forest side who are kind of struggling. So, it's a type of game that, you know, maybe uh, um, it could tomorrow, like, you know, towards the end of the game, maybe they need to pick up a yellow card or, or, or so between the two of them because you can maybe, like, uh, uh, Ben White and and, and um, Gabriel should be able, they've played together before, they should handle a, a forward line of Nottingham Forest and you know, and Ketty should maybe get an opportunity to to lead the line against um against Nottingham Forest yeah. the following week. So I actually think it's a kind of a game where you need to maybe you know, 
not tell them, but you know, maybe they need to pick up a, a yellow card to, to avoid, uh, you know, missing maybe a Chelsea game or something like that. Yeah, that's my sentiment, exactly. Um, but before we now round off the, the podcast, just uh, like one or two talking points. Um, the first one is Gabriel in the yesterday's sometime or late afternoon, he ends up signing a contract extension at the club. I think with improved terms and etc. But I mean, first of, I think about four players that we want to now extend with, because I think uh, the likes of Saliba, I mean, there's, there's talks, but no progression yet with that. And then from what I also read online was uh, Saka and Martinelli, they are moving on with the, you know, like with the uh, contract discussions, because it actually looks more positive. I think Saliba is the one we should also be really pressing home now soon. Yeah, no, I think... Those are the guys we need to be securing the club for the future because if you lose any one of them, it kind of sets you back a bit with yeah. the whole project. So, you know, we've seen, I mean, you and I have seen over the years, you know, Sisk, you know, being the main man and the club is going forward, him and Nasri and Van Persie, you know, are clicking and then one of them leaves and the other one leaves. And then, you know, you kind of sit back again, you know, a few years and trying to, to find. And I think that was Arsenal's biggest concern. Um, um, so, yeah, really happy. I mean, Gabriel one came out of nowhere, though, because, I mean, the big ones were always Saliba, yeah. Martinelli, and Saka. And, like, the next thing, I mean, last night, when I was still at the party, he still show, um, said that to me, and I was like, oh, wow, didn't expect that. Um, but there was something that, you know, we, you and I spoke about briefly, you know, offline, and this is a talking point that that I'm thinking of. It's like, you know, the Nketia issue, like, you know, we, we spoke about a guy like Ivan Tony yeah. of... Of, of Brentford, you know, the only thing that would 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 kind of I know we, we touched on it, but like the only thing that could be a guy that can, you know, I'm not saying lead the line for Arsenal, but kind of keep Gabriel his suits on his toes, or you know, yeah. if you want to change something up, you can go four four two, or sometimes you know Martinelli maybe can be ready to pull out his suits wide. Not that he wants to play there, but he can do a job there. But Everton, he just showed that he. He's played against, you know, top defenders, against Van Dijk, whoever, whatever. And he always seems to be a nuisance to him, to whoever he plays against. And I think that is something that could be, you know, a capable understudy. I'm not slating Ketia, yeah. maybe it proves me wrong. But he's a type of guy that, you know, if you might maybe give him a chance at this level, you know, to play, like you said, in a Europa League, even or whatever, he will run his socks off. He will, you know, make himself such a nuisance that, you know, he, he might, he's a difficult player to play against. I mean, look, I had a very discussion with one of my Arsenal mates yesterday. A very, like, exact point that you're not bringing up. And I mean, my take was just... And I mean, I don't want to go now thinking, oh, listeners think I'm into La La Land or something. But I mean, I, like, my take was what would actually make more sense is if you have a, almost like a sort of swap deal where... And maybe some cash where you, you get Ivan Tony, you let Nketiah go to Brentford... And that's because I think, like, I just think Kitty is getting almost like drowned in the in the sort of pond, or not pond, like a like an ocean that's Arsenal Football Club. And I think he needs to be more in a, in a more focused and you know more stable set of, of like yeah. situation like like Brentford, whereas Tony looks like somebody that needs to now finally take the step from Brentford. And I mean, look, we're not going to try to disrespect Brentford or anything, but I just think he's like a player getting to a point that that's getting kind of like you know big and I think he needs almost like need he needed step up and I mean for me 
just even any European football for him right now would be such a massive, massive step in his career because I think he's somebody that needs to flourish and he needs to flourish at, at like a bigger team that's going to give him way more opportunities with, with top-class players around him. And I think Nketiah needs to be almost like a sort of lone superstar in a, a team like like uh, Brentford. And to almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he gets a move later on in his career. Because, I mean, look, he's still young. He's still got a lot to 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 not only prove, but also to give another team in the future. But I just don't think this is the right timing with him, to be honest. Yeah, I agree 100% with you. And I think Tony can give you a plan B. You know, I'm not saying Jesus... Yeah. He's in the man, and I'm not saying, um, you know, but like, you know, maybe a way day at Man City, you know, you can kind of maybe keep Asus, you know, on the bench, almost like just to, to keep him fresh, to okay, you come under the end and you let like a guy like Tony, because Tony will chase, you know, yeah, any loose scraps, <laughs> and he will like, you know, knock into the Man City defender, and he even scared to do all that, so, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I enjoyed watching uh, like from the bits that I watched the other day when they drew against uh, Chelsea at the Brentford Stadium. Uh, but And, I mean, in general, he is somebody that, that look, aerially, he's going to give you something. He's powerful on both feet, which is also something that we really, really need. And, I mean, we've got already, like, a mainline forward that is good in actually all three, if you look at it, like, all around Jesus' play so far. So, I just think... That would kind of give us an extra push. I'm not. I'm not saying maybe it must happen uh, now, but I mean, I just think maybe that should be a sort of plan that we should be looking at. And I mean, this guy is already made for the Premier League. He's now had a few years playing in the Premier League, and you don't need to blood him in any way. He's already made to go. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Okay, guys. Hope you have a fantastic rest of the weekend. Enjoy the match on on Sunday. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys. And let's get the three points.